Bokatov. Today's staff is Yudalif, and we are um, in the um, the Gemara is in the middle of discussing um, this uh, position about um, about uh, whether a woman who uh, is the wife of a Kohen, whether in principle she uh, eats truma from the time of Eresin or from the time of um, Nisuin. The Gemara got on this discussion from the question about it's going through the different ways in which a woman Kiddushin is affected. So we did. So we had Kesef and Shtar, and then we we're doing Bia. And the question was whether Bia creates creates Kiddushin, or since ultimately the second stage Nisuin is when they actualize their marriage and start living together as husband and wife, and uh, sex is Nisuin can be through Chuppah, but it's also most you know most in its most basic form done through um, them having sex in the context of a married couple. The Gemara asked the question whether when Kiddushin is done through sex, whether that automatically just goes straight to Nisuin or not. And as a result of that question, it was looking at the issue about the wife of a Kohen who eats Truma and got into this discussion about whether that starts from the time of Eresin, from the time of Kiddushin, or from the time of Nisuin, what it is biblically. So really, there are two models there. One could debate this as, you know, what seemed to be from the Brite of the Gemara quoted by um, uh, uh, Yochanan ben Bagbag, is that there was an actual debate whether biblically this starts, at which stage this starts. The argument that biblically it starts at the stage of Nisuin is based on the idea of everybody pure in your household. So the woman only comes into the man's house and is part of the household right at the time of Nisuin. That's the whole idea of Nisuin. She leaves her father's house and she enters into the man's house. So that would be biblically from the time of Nisuin. Whereas the other bottle would be like the way a slave eats truma and that's because of Kinyan Kaspo, the things that I own and have purchased, which again evokes that whole idea of Kiddushin as a type of a purchase. Okay, and if that were true, it would be from the time of Kiddushin. So that's a way of seeing this as a, as a debate whether biblically it's from the time of Kiddushin or Nisuin. And actually, um, it seems to have been a debate of Tanayim, in the end, the Bavli decides that, according to everybody, it's from the time of Kiddushin. And the only question is whether, what reason rabbinically did we push it off to the time of Nisuin? Interestingly, though, the Yerushalmi really embraces the approach that even biblically it's from the time of Nisuin, and it's based on this idea of Kol Tahor So again, that's really interesting. It's interesting in terms of the question of Truma, but of course it's also interesting, you know, from the perspective of what is Kiddushin, what is Nisuin? To what degree is Kiddushin a type of a Kinyan? And then Nisuin is really the sense about being a member of the household. Anyway, so that's where the Gemara left off. That there was a debate about. So let's pick up at the bottom of Yudam and Bet with that in mind. Um, yes. Were you, were you saying that the conclusion was that if there's uh, sex at Kiddushin, it automatically no, the Gemara, uh, you, you mean Nisuin? No, the Gemara did not resolve that question. The Gemara did not resolve that question. Okay, so let's actually pick up just to get our just to get our context from about eight lines, ten lines from the bottom of Yudam Bet. Ravina Amar, the line starts with the word Amar. Maybe it's uh, twelve lines from the bottom. Everybody agrees that this uh, debate of the Tanaim that really biblically she eats truma from the time of Kiddushin, although it does sound like that's actually what they were debating. Um, but anyway. Anyway, um, and actually the uh, message that, um, who was it, that uh, Yochanan ben Bagbag sent to Rabbi Yehuda ben Batera was a discussion of what the rabbinic issue is. Here's what he sent to him. Um, I heard that you said that, uh, biblical, that a Arusa, biblically speaking, eats truma. Um, and you're not a concern for simpon. Simpon is some type of a defect that's going to be discovered um, after they get to Nisuin. So if at the time of Nisuin, after they get married and they become intimate, he realizes, like, oh, and she had some, I don't know, some, some, some type of a, of, a, of a mark on her body there or whatever, some type of a thing that he's decided is a substantive defect, and therefore the Kiddushin is going to be Batel, because, and he'll only discover that later at the time of Nisuin, then it'll turn out that retroactively the Kiddushin had never been good, and she was eating truma in val- you know, inappropriately. So that would be the reason to wait for Nisuin, because you don't want there to be a defect discovered at Nisuin, 
Nisuin, and then retroactively or never to have been a good Kiddushin. So I heard that, that, that you said that in principle uh, she could eat from the time of Eresin, and you're not concerned about discovering a defect. Shalach he sent back to him, don't you agree? You know about Kavachomers, don't you know? By a non Jewish slave, you know, having sex with her does not allow her to eat Truma. It's not about being, uh, you know, be, you know it's, that, that's not the act that makes her the slave, and that's not relevant. What's relevant is that she's been purchased, okay, and she eats Truma. Now, how is this relevant for a Durabanan discussion? And we're not afraid that after he purchased her, sometime down the road, he'll find some defect. So if we're not concerned rabbinically by a slave that she can eat truma and about finding a defect, that's a strange kavachoma now because we're dealing with a rabbinic point. But anyway, this one, that, she, um, that there's more ways of making her your wife. Um, it could be through sex, it could be through kasev. Anyway, the basic argument is, again, it's weak because this kavachoma isn't so relevant. We're talking about a rabbinic point. But the point is, if we're not afraid of finding a defect by the case of the slave, why are we afraid by the, by the case of the wife? Aval, so in principle, I really am not concerned about this defect. Okay, but in practice, I agree that a woman cannot eat truma from the time of Averson. Why? Not because of this concern about defect, but that an Arusa cannot eat truma. Why? Now, obviously, those are not the words of the Tana because Ula came much later. But anyway, and for a different reason, not for the reason of defect, but for the reason of Ula. What's Ula's reason? Is that if you feed your wife who you're betrothed, your Arusa Truma, and she's not yet living in your house, you're going to send her some Truma to where she's living in her father's house, and she's going to have her father and her brothers share in the Truma. So that's why. So in the end, what the Gemara is framing is, as opposed to the simple read of this debate, which is that there was a real debate whether biblically a woman who's an Arusa to a Kohen eats Truma or not. Is it based on the idea of Kinyan Kaspo, and then she would eat from the time of Arusin? Or is it based on the idea of Beitcha, and she would only eat from the time of Nisuin? The Gemara now is saying that according to everybody, she biblically eats from the time of Arusin. The debate is, what is the reason the rabbis told her she had to wait till the time of Nisuin? One explanation is a concern that at Nisuin, a defect, he'll decide that, oh, that wasn't the woman I was expecting, and therefore retroactively will never have been good. The Kiddushin, and she'll have been eating Truma and never have been married. And the other concern is that if she's eating as an Arusa, while she's not yet living with him, she'll have her brother and her father's share in it, and, they'll, and they will violate. So now the Gemara says, what difference does it... Well, let's first finish this. First we're going to figure out, A, why not to be concerned about a defect, what the difference is about defect, why it would be a different concern rather than a defect concern, and the other would be an issue of um, or whatever, why to be concerned about a defect here more than by slaves, and the other is as long as she's not eating truma, what difference does it make what the reason is? If everybody agrees she doesn't eat truma until Nisuin. So the word says like this. Find out after Nisuin anyway, so even Nisuin could be nice. Well, but at a certain point, you, you know, you, you, you no longer have an opportunity. Like, you know, you can, ret- you know, you have a 30 days, you know, you can return to the abject within 30 days afterwards. We're assumed that you had a chance to uh, get to, you know, whatever, to, 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 to see it and you were mochel. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm in this Kalvachomer, they go from Bia to Keshef, should be the other way around. I don't understand the Kalvachomer. What do you mean? Um, if, 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 if by an Isha, Bia works to make her your wife, um, and it doesn't work by a slave, and by so to make her your slave, so, and by, 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 so therefore Kesef, which um, works, does work, which right. does work, certainly basically the category of wife, she should be more entitled to truma than a slave, because there's easier ways she could become your wife than somebody could become your slave, more ways. So the Gemara says like this: Uben Bagbag Simpon One minute. So what is the explanation? Why does Ben Bagbag think there's a concern of Simpon of a defect by the case of the wife? That's his explanation why she doesn't eat truma because of a concern that a defect will be discovered. 
um, but um, why is that any different than the case of slaves? We're not concerned about that, and we let slaves eat truma right away. So the Gemara says, well, here's the reason, because by slaves, if it was something that was visible, who he could have seen it. What is there left to discover by a slave, right? You go to the slave market, you look at your slave, what defect is there that you're not seeing? You know, it's like, buyer beware. If there was something to, you know, if you didn't check it out at the time, and it was able to be checked out, so anything that could have been seen, you saw, and either, either you didn't see and you were mochel, because you were irresponsible, because it's your obligation to check, or you saw and you were okay with it. So, you see it. Let's say that there's something that's, I don't know, some type of a deformity or something that's hidden from you, that's like, you know, that's uh, under the clo- under her clothes, or his clothes, or whatever, by the slave. So, my so what difference does that make? That doesn't affect why you're buying a slave. You're not buying a slave for appearance purposes. Okay, so that can't be a claim that that was some substantive defect. Okay, presumably in contrast to the wife. You know, the question, the issue is that, that again, I, I, you know, you can't escape the obvious sort of a purchase model here that's being used and the whole idea about the defect and so on. And also, whatever, it's more than just the act of condition as purchase. It's treating it as a defect and a mechaktos, you know, as there's a certain commodification here that obviously is, 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 you know, is very disturbing. But the idea would be that, you know, well, once, you know, they're intimate and she's naked, he decides that there's something about her body he doesn't like, that's okay, that's my wife, that's irrelevant by the slave. So, um, now, how about if there's something you can't see that's not physical? You checked him out at the time, but you didn't realize other aspects about him that you couldn't check out about the time. If he was turned out that he was a thief, or Kubiustis, which Rashi says means a kidnapper, but I'll talk in a minute about what Tosu says that means. Higiyo, you know what? You got what you deserved, because, you know, that's what slaves are. You should have expected that. You can't complain about that. That's to be expected. Okay? Again, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, this obviously... What? Yeah, presumably not on robbery. Ghanif is right. That, well, that's the next question that I was going to ask. Maya Marta, is this Mizuyan? Maybe you're afraid that he'll be an armed robber, some real type of... Uh, you know, thing that's really terrible that you don't normally, you don't expect by slaves. Um, or maybe the king has, you know, he's been, you know, has, he's been signed over to the king, meaning that there's some type of a, you know, of, uh, that, 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 that he's going to be uh, executed by the, by, by the government. So if that's true, and you didn't wear that that sentence was passed, so those would have been, you would have known about. Okay, so now Rashi says what it means that means if that were true, then you knew about it and you were okay with it. Tosa says, no, 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 no. If, if those, we're assuming that because they would be easily known, that you can, that it was, uh, that therefore, like, we're, we're not going to in general be concerned about a simpone, because we're going to assume that that'll never be the case, because somebody will know about it and won't buy it in the, under those circumstances. If it turned out that it was true and somehow it was not known, maybe that would be a basis for being Mavato, but we're going to let a slave eat Truma, and we're not going to be concerned about this type of a scenario because if that, that's if that was the scenario, he would have known about it and never purchased a slave to begin to begin with. Okay, so therefore, by slaves. Now, of course, I don't know. Let's say you find you get him home and you find out that he's got a bad personality and that right. he's very you know and he's disrespectful and he refuses to listen to you or whatever. So I don't know exactly, but okay. Anyway, the Gemara says that there's more of a concern of simpone of finding something that would be make it a kiddushay toast by the case by the woman than there is by the case by the slave and therefore they didn't want the woman to eat truma until after the Nisuin. Um, I do want to say, you know, it's also very disturbing in addition to the, uh, I mean, what's, what's disturbing, look, besides the sort of, you know, commodification as it were or you know it's a proper cheating woman like the property is that it's not parallel and not only is it not parallel not only as a point of principle but as a practice in terms of the issues of like aguna you know sometimes the basis of being nevato lakidushin in the case of an aguna is to say that it was a lakidushetos that it turned out that the guy was a pathological liar or you know other terrible things right and that therefore nobody would have wanted to marry him she never would have wanted to marry him had she known that um, and stuff that's you know very reasonable to say that any normal person 
person that they known that would not have married them. And there's a very strong resistance amongst, you know, the vast, uh, you know, certainly contemporary post-Gim, you know, to allow, to acknowledge the Kiddush Eitos in that, those circumstances. Whereas when it comes for the fact that if there's a problem with the woman, right, then the Gemara seems much more, you know, ready to acknowledge that. You know, and that does come again from this model. If there's a purchaser and an object being purchased, right, so, you know, it's, you say it's based on the Gemara Tavlumate of Tandu. Women are more okay with, like, any type of a guy, but it also has to do with who's the purchaser and who's the one being purchased, you know, and if that's your basic model, then a, 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 a defect in the woman is, a, you know, in the Gemara appears as a much more ready basis for Bittu Kiddushin than a defect in the man, and that really plays out, sadly, in cases of Aguna. One more point is Tosos, Kubiustus, acute Tosos, about what's, what's Kubiustus, so he says, he quotes an interesting Gemara, he says, Okay, when they got a, you know, a half of a shekel for each person. Okay, anyway, so he says, if you do the math in the Torah, it doesn't add up, not based on the number of people and the amount it says they collected at the end and the half of the shekel and he said to him, you know, the math in the Torah doesn't add up. This is what this non-Jew asked of Yochum and Zakkai. And he said to him, Moshe Rabchem, so it must be Moshe, your teacher, Ganav Haya, either was a thief and he pocketed the difference and he only wrote, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the, the amount left over in the Torah. Haya, oh, Kubiustus Haya, or he was a Kubiustus. Oh, Enu Baki the Cheshbonos, or he was bad at math. <laughs> so, what's the explanation? So, okay, anyway, obviously a very disrespectful way of asking the question, but you see that Kubiustus does not mean a, uh, you know, a, a, a kidnapper. A gambler. So why, why was the numbers wrong? It must be it was a gambler. And he had to spend all the money to pay off his gambling debt. So he only left the balance, you know. So that makes sense. This, you know, we suspect, yeah, normal slave. He's going to be a thief or a gambler. You know, this attitude, you know, about, you know, assuming that the, you know, that slaves were of low moral was the obviously very, very widespread. Okay? Right, by Yaakov and the uh, angel. Why do you have to go? Because it's morning. Are you a thief? Or Shachar? So the parish akuntris nicha because you know he's a what do you call it he's a kidnapper. The parish rabbeinu chanan al nami yeshlomad adam shemasachik pekuvia rather he also loves noshim harbei v'nitzman b'stam. Yeah, he's got a lot of dead creditors. So yeah, he goes into hiding at daytime. You know, he has to stay out of people's eyes because he's deeply in debt. So I thought that that was a nice little uh, good read of the word kubiustus. Yet you had a question. I don't understand how this kishri via works in so far as meaning there's a shtar that says around kishri. Right. Via they say anything like you know around kishri. Via Zoom? Like, yeah, like, so, I mean, right. So that's a very good question. I mean, um, so I believe actually in the uh, Tosefta it says that, uh, if I remember he serves. The, the basic question that you're at, you know what, let me read two more sentences and finish up this issue about the, uh, about the, what do you call it, about the uh, Truma, and then I'll answer your question, okay? So the Gemara says like this. Um, whether the reason is because of Simpon that, and therefore retroactively the Kiddushin will be Batel, or the reason is, is because she might feed her brothers the Truma while she's in her father's house, either way she doesn't eat that as an, as an Arusa. My Benayu, what difference does it make which reason you give? So the Gemara says, no, Ika Benayu Kibel, or Maser Vahalach, or you could read that it's three things. So Kibel means that the guy says, um, you know what? I am accepting to marry her regardless of anything I find out afterwards. He says it from the outset. So in that case, he basically, you know, waives any rights to sort of say that it was a, you know, thank you, that it was a, that there was a, uh, some, some defect or something, um, and therefore she could eat truma right away, if that's the reason. If, if, the, reason it's, if the reason is simple. Now, now Masar Vaholach is the scenarios where the father gives the girl over to the agents of the husband, but the husband isn't there yet. He's still back in his home. And she's traveling, you know, from New York to Miami. But she's with the uh, agents from the husband. So in that case... 
there's still a concern of Simpon, right? Because he has he, not he, yet he, been he, intimate he, with her. Yeah. Lumim, right. That's right. what Simpon is. No, but there's no concern that he'll feed her, her family because she's now no longer with her family. So in that case, that would be the flip. So that would be some Nafkinas. Now, so that's the end of that discussion. Now, Michael asks an excellent question about to what degree is Kiddushé Bia like everything else? Like, by Kiddushé Bia, does it have to, first of all, be before Adim? So the answer is yes. Uh, although I don't... Well, it's very awkward. So actually, in an early... In, in, in his first parish Hamishnayis on the Mishnah of Kiddushin of Kesach Shtar and Bia, the Rambam said that they have to actually have sex in the presence of Adim. Later he amended that to say that it means that they have to be in private in the presence of Adim with a presumption that they're having sex. Like the Adim have to be there for the Yichud. Right, Adi Yichud, Adi Bia. Now how about does he have to say, you know, Hareat So I think that's in the Tosefta. I think the Tosefta says, Bia. No, actually, no, actually, I remember it was a Tosefta, but Tosefta actually says a different point. Listen to the Tosefta. It says, The Kesef, Nasan lo Kesef, Lo Chavu Kesef, Harayat Mikudeshet Li Harayat Mikudeshet Li. Bishtar, Bishtar, so it says, Harayat, Afilu Kesef Al-Kheres Al-Niyar, Harayat Mikudeshet. Now, Ubibiya, Kol Biyashi L'Shein Kiddushin Mikudeshet, She'ena L'Shein Kiddushin Eina Mikudeshet. So the Tosefta does not say that you say a formal statement of Harayat Mikudeshet Li. It just says, what is the context? Is it done in the context of Kiddushin or not in the context? Now, and that points to the idea that Bia might not be the same type of a formal act. Like this is a formal act. Bia might be to you like more that it's a what we would call a mitzvah. The the lived reality of them not just having sex because you can have sex in a non-marital context, but the lived reality of having sex in a marital context that it's l'shem kiddushin, right? That that creates the reality of marriage. It's sort of like a you know like a common law marriage or not you know a de facto marriage. If they are basically being having sex together in the context of a married couple, then they then they then they're married. It's not because the act is like an act that affects the marriage as much as it's the reality that's being created that affects the marriage. Now, the big nafkamin of this, so, okay, there's a technical question, right? How much is the aid in playing the same type of a role? Do you even need aid in, although apparently you do? Do you need it to be hare at mikudesh? Or do you just have to be l'shem? Does it just have to frame the context? Right? I think the Tosef is very clear to distinguish between hare at mikudesh as opposed to l'shem kiddushin. But the big nafkamin is exactly the question of common law marriage. If people are living together and never had a kiddushin and are just, I don't know, secular marriage even, and they're, you know, and are having sex as a married couple, right? And everybody knows about it, so you could sort of like that they're living together as a married couple, so you could say that creates adim, it's just anan saadi, everybody's aware of that reality, so maybe they're halakhically married, and maybe the woman needs a get, and maybe if they so, that is a big, big debate. Rabbi Yehuda Herzl Hankin basically paskin that even if you could be mevatel the kiddushin, because you could say there were puzzle Adim or whatever you could say, uh, you know, basically that everybody's living together as husband and wife is Kiddushe Bia and, uh, and you need a get. Now that has huge consequences, obviously. Yes, so, Rev. Yeah. No, no. His, I said Rev. Yudah, so, I'm sorry, Rev. Yosef Eliyahu Hankin, excuse me. The grandfather, the grandfather, who was the preeminent post in America before Rev. Moshe, yeah. And uh, Rev. Moshe strongly disagreed. And I mean, you, you know, and that's how, how you're able, A, to deal with cases about where there was a kiddushin but you know there's not a get like a, and there are like a lot of cases where most of that was in terms of a case of a conservative kiddushin where he was able to say well there weren't kosher adim or this or that and therefore so stop what he remote itself that you don't say that the bia when it's not done as a masa bia with shame kiddushin that the act you have kavana that the particular act should effect kiddushin that it's like any other act he felt it's like kesef it's like star if you don't have kavana that this act of sex should effect kiddushin then there's no kiddushin so because, and therefore it's not this mitzvah of them living together as husband and wife it's a good lumdus but it's really bad halacha I mean it's really like the, you know in terms of the human implication I mean it's, it's you know it's, it's, it's disastrous they really so, want to sort of like be together really want they to never be had an act that was a masa kiddushin and that allowed him to basically say that in cases where there was not a, something that was done as a intentional act of halachic kiddushin that uh, the woman doesn't need to get and um, you know so that allowed him to deal with a lot, a lot of cases. So it's huge nafkamina. So I'm glad that you raised that question. Okay. Yes. All right. So yeah, yeah. It's also getting it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's yeah. We got a whole nice uh, 
uh, shadow thing going on in the video here. What's it called? Saracusa? What's the word? The light and dark? What is it? Chiaroscuro. Okay, anyway, yeah. You can watch the video afterwards and see. It's a very artistic uh, rendering here. Special effects of the video. Thank you. That's great. Okay, Kesef. Now we double back to talking about Kesef. Okay, Bechesef. Bechamei omin bedina. So now... Here's the interesting question. If it's Kesef and it's purely symbolic, so Beit Hillel says it's a pruta. That's the penny. That's the smallest coin of the realm. Why does Beit Shammai say a dinar? What's the logic for that? Now, what would be valuable here, valuable, haha, anyway, is to talk about the relative coinage here about it. So, A, I actually have a chart here. Let me see if I still have it on my uh, thing. Yep, I do. Okay. Pruta Isar Puntion Ma'a Yeah, or Geira Esrim Geira Hashechem Okay Istra Or sometimes called a Tarapik Okay, we're not going to deal with all of these Dinar that's what Beit Shammai says, dinar, which is also a zuz, like the 200 zuz of a ksuva. Okay. A shekel. Okay. And a sela, or a shekel hakodesh. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Now, here are... So, in here's how much these are worth in prutas. Okay. One, eight, sixteen... 32 96 I mean you can see obviously it's uh, you know some type of a function of 2 here um, a hundred, uh, 64 or that, that's by 3 that's true that's true okay 192 okay so by the way just let's stop here and run it and see that according to Shammai's Vinar is a hundred, almost 200 times Beethoven's Pruta. So if this is a penny, this is about $2. Just so you have a rough sense about the difference. Okay? Shekel is double that. It's 384. Okay, but a Sela, which is a Shekel HaKodesh, meaning when the Torah says Shekel, is 768, which is four times as much. So by the way, okay, this one dinar... Not four times. One dinar... Four dinar. No, 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 no. I mean, of a, I meant of a dinar. One dinar, one Zuz... Right? So, if this is one zuz, a sela is four zuz. Which is why when the Torah says that what you pay for the case of the seducer or the rapist is 50 shekel, okay, this is shekel hakodesh, 50 shekel equals the 200 zuz of the ksufa. Okay, you see that? Yes? So, Beishamai's dinar is what's often called in rabbinic leader, it's often called a zuz. Okay, maybe let's take this out because this is confusing because there are two shekels, but we'll take that out. Okay, the sela or the shekel in the Torah is four times that amount. So when the Torah says that a case of the rapist or the seducer is 50 shekel, that's moar habitulot, right? The moar, the buy price of virgins. So if it's four, 50 shekel, so a shekel is four zuz, it's 200 zuz. Yes? You got that? Okay, fine. All right, anyway, so that's just because obviously that's very relevant in terms of just, you know, the uh, other part of, e- uh, of Ishus is that money. But in terms of what is the, two, is, is the 50 shekel, which is 200 zuz. But in terms of us, Beit Shammai's is about 200 times Beit Hillel's, okay? So if this is a penny, this is about, this is about uh, $2. Yes? I can understand, no, you said, so the question why. I mean, I right? I think of a number, a number of reasons why. I mean, like, first of all, like, you know, if you want this to be so that you're not just like playing around and doing, you know, you gotta like just pay up. I understand, know? but why this? Of all the possible coins that you could pick, why pick this one? So let's take a look at what the Gemara says, okay? Um, now, um, uh, it's much easy come, easy go. All right, let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this: Why do Shamai? What's the reason of Shamai? I'm a Rebbe Zera. She can Isha Makedas Elatzma Veimis Kedeshes to Tochus Midina. Like more or less, like Michael said, you know, because if we uh, because uh, I'm not going to agree to a penny. Um, so we stand, we assume that the standard minimum that a woman would uh, agree to would be this. Now, the thing that I sort of bothers me is you could say, oh, that's very nice. It sort of expresses the dignity.
certainty, you know, a certain self-respect of the woman. On the other hand, it's like, if you say it's a proof, it's purely symbolic, right? If you say, ah, oh, I'm not going to do it for anything less than $10, so, so what is it? So is it a real purchase? I mean, it's still symbolic. So you could say, well, it's a, it's a, this is like, a penny is like sort of, is, is an act of like, you know, like, like it's like, it's, it, it's degrading, it's insulting. So even if it is symbolic, there needs to be something minimum, right? Like, say, it's not the thought that, you know, it's not the gift that, you know, it's not, whatever, it's not how much it costs, it's the thought that counts. And then he gives like, like, here's a little, like, I don't know, a plastic, uh, you know, ring. It says, actually, not a thought like this, you know? <laughs> so, even if it's purely, so you could try to say, with is still within symbolic, and nothing is purchased, but there's got to be something that's not so trivial, you know, that speaks a little bit about how much you care about me, or how much, you know, says something about how you value the marriage. So, even if it's symbolic, it can't be so trivial. It's got to be something of some minimum value, some significant value. So, okay, okay yes. Question. So, like, under the Kupa, like, when they have the AD, right, right before this giving, like, right before the Masi Kedushin, it is a shot of fruit, right? You got this ring right. $5,000. No, it don't cost $5,000. How about $100? Okay, well, yeah, whatever. How about gold bands? Yeah, right. Okay, it's good, so it's $100. Right. right. So, but, like, it's a trivialization of the total they ask that question. So, the reason, actually, so I don't know if Dan covered this, the reason that we ask under the Kupa, do you see that it's worth a pruta? It's because of the whole sugya about um, about Shirayim, uh, shum, right? yeah, about whether it's Sarah okay. Shuma. So we, so as a way of saying, we're not the the guy isn't promising val, any value other than a pruta. So she shouldn't say, "Well, I was, exp- I thought it was worth more, and now it's only worth this." And I was right. So that's why we do that little ritual about right. Is it only worth? A, you see that it's worth a pruta anyway. All right. So now the question is like this. Um, Elameata, right? Elameata, yeah. But then the Rebbeinu Tam says the fact, you know, whatever. Elameata, I assume he covered that. Elameata says the Gemara, if it's really because of what we assume that a woman is going to be makbid on, Hilombanse de Rabbiana. Let's talk about the daughters of Rabbiana, who was a wealthy family. The captain on Avshayu, Velamakashi Bepochsmiti, crafted the dinari. They would be very makbid. They would refuse to accept anything less than a basket filled with gold coins. So, hachinami of dinar, not one dinar, a basket of dinars. So, hachinami, the pashiyad of hibla chadzuza me'acher, hachinami, the lohavi kidushe? Would you say that if she accepted a zuz from one guy, notice a zuz is the same as a dinar. It's all using dinar. Normally, you'd say, oh, I'm so important, you'd have to give me, like, I don't know, a diamond ring worth $100,000. But if Lamaisa, the guy gave her a ring and it was only worth a dinar, you're telling me she wouldn't be kidushin? So, the so question is, if you're going by Hakpada. So that's what the Gemara's going to answer. But the real question is, if you're going about the question about what a woman is mocked on, the real point is, when we talk about, oh, your person is mocked, it suggests a subjective standard. Now, that's not an objective definition. A proof is an objective definition of money, minimum amount of money. Anything else, it's like, oh, well, uh, it would be insulting to me. So that's not an objective standard. Different women have different definitions of what's insulting to them. So are you going to have a different definition for every person? So let's see what the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, um, I'm a so as Michael said, Pashi lo kamina. No, no, no. If she willingly accepted, then whatever she agrees to, which is here an amazing point. What it's saying is, even according to Big Shammai, that says a minimum is a dinar, that's if she wasn't aware, and we'll get to how she wouldn't be aware in a minute. But if she agrees to accept less than a dinar, if she agrees to accept a pruta, that will work. Now, so then, no, because that's a definition of money. That's not a hakpada. Okay, but you're right. It's all about hakpada, and if she agrees to less than a dinar, it will work. So then, if she agrees to less than a dinar, it will work. What's the case where it needs to be a dinar? So the Gemara says, Baki Kamina, what am I talking about? The Kachabilelia. It was nighttime and she couldn't count the money. Or she had an agent to it. So therefore, in a case where she doesn't know what was given, that's where we're going to sort of de- take a standard. And as far, and I told you sort of inserts, it's not exactly clear how the Gemara is answering this. And as far as your question that if it's subjective, every person should be different, you know, it's a type of a, uh, you know, it's a type of a, like, of, 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 of you go, right? You go by, you go, 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 you go
you go by universal standard, it is based on hakpada, on personal hakpada, but it's a presumed minimum hakpada that everybody has. So if a person actively, consciously accepts less, it'll work. A pruta. When does Bechamai say a dinar? When she's not aware what she's accepting, and then we're going to presume a minimum hakpada of a dinar. Okay? So that's an answer which is, okay, but it's not deeply satisfying, right? Ultimately, it's rooted in the person's psychology, not in some type of a definition. So the Gemara says, Rav Yosef Amar, so Rav Yosef gives a different reason. Tamayu de Beit Shammai kid Rav Yehudo, Amar Ravasi, Tamar Rav Yehudo, Amar Ravasi, it follows Rav Yehudo, Amar Ravasi. Kol Kesef Amar B'Torah, Kesef Tzuri, V'Shel Divrayim Kesef Medina. So now, what? Charlie Oh, yeah. So now, okay, this is going to get a little complicated, but anyway, whenever the Torah talks about Kesef, okay, it's talking about, um, it's talking about this tire type of money which is basically of silver whereas when the rabbis say that something is going to cost X amount of shekel or something of that nature they're talking about the standard local coinage and the, let me just Kesef uh, Medina now the basic point is it's a little confusing because the point is that you, you can use the same word like if you say a dollar right are we talking about Canadian dollars US dollars Australian dollars now there's not a big variance there right but the difference between talking about the same words for the coinage, if you're talking about Kesef Tsuri and Kesef Medina, is a one to eight ratio. So it's huge, okay? And therefore, by the way, um, we, you know, in Ksuvos, we're not what we're learning now, the question is, is Ksuva do Raisa do Rabbanan? And you figure out the 50 shekel over 200 zuz as um, in their do Raisa amount or in their Kesef Medina amount, which would be one eighth of their do Raisa amount. So it's a big difference whether we assume we're talking about a rabbinic obligation and the coinage therefore is coinage that's worth one eighth of what the same coinage would be of the same you know of the same names you know there's two coinage systems right there's Tsuri if you want to call it like the royal coinage and the local coinage and they all and the coins have the same names but the local coinage is one eighth of the value of the royal coinage now how is any of that relevant to us it's only relevant to us because what it's basically saying is is that since the Torah says this is what we're going to get to say Kicha Kicha, right? There's a woman is Kiyikach, and we learn that from Stay Ephron, and there it says, Natati Kesef Hasadeh, Kesef, right? So that's a Kesef that's written in the Torah. So the smallest silver coin, this is a copper coin, like a penny, okay? The smallest silver coin is, now here's a little bit of a question, is the smallest silver coin a ma'ah? Or is it a dinar? It's not exactly clear. The Gemara is going to be a little confusing about that. It seems like the smallest silver coin is a me'ah. So therefore, even if you say, look, it's a kesef written in the Torah, it has to be a silver coin, it doesn't explain why we're getting to a dinar. Why don't we just stop at a ma'ah? So Rashi... Rashi grapples with this and Rashi says well once it's a, a copper coin isn't going to be enough we're going to have to assume it's going to have to be something of significance so it's going to be this level of a silver coin Chris says I don't understand if the only coinage the Torah refers to is silver coinage it's not like it's dismissing this it's not even talking about this and if it says kesef right it should be a ma'ah so that leads Tosus to say that actually the dinar is the smallest silver coin in the Torah. Okay, but it doesn't really work with other because we actually know that a ma'ah actually is kesef and is smaller. Okay, so it's still not 100% clear, but the basic point is the Torah is taught, the coinage in the Torah is silver coinage. So a pruta is out, a pruta is copper, and therefore we're going to be talking about a dinar. All right, that's the basic answer. Now we're going to elaborate on this a bit, so let's take a look. Kufa, let's look at that statement. Of Tsuri, which shall be written in Kesef Medina. The Kloa, is this really a rule? For a Tana, how about when somebody makes a claim, like this is Moda Benictus, you know, I say, Michael, you owe me $100, and you say, no, I only owe you 50 and you make a Shavua, so let's learn from the Torah by it says, Right, somebody gives you his friend, you know, the vessels or money or vessels to watch, and later in that Parsha it says, Ki no, this is the one which Chazal mean to say this is what I owe you I only owe you half I don't owe you the other half and then it says you take a shvua. okay in the simple sense of the Torah we're talking about a shvua that a Shomer makes but the way Chazal understand it we're also talking about a shvua of Moda B'Miktas now what size claim do I have to make and what size admission do you have to make so it says um, when you make this shvua, the judges impose this shvua. The claim has to be 
to Kesef. Now, Kesef here means uh, Me'ar, okay, which is really the smallest Kesef coinage, okay? It has to be two Kesef. Right, because otherwise okay. I can't take the half of it. It's a small silver. Right, but no, but one minute. But your concession, Shave Pruta. If you just admit to owing me a Pruta, why? Because the Torah says, I gave you Kesef. So I gave you, we'll see in a minute why it's two, but I gave you, this is the smallest silver coin, okay? Here's where Kesef begins. Okay? And this is copper. The Choshet. Okay? So I gave you the smallest silver coin. And we'll see in a minute why it's two. And that's Ki Yitaini Shabayo Kesef. Now you say Ki Huzeh. Ki Huzeh means you're admitting to something. You don't have to admit to Kesef. You can even admit to a Pruta. Okay? Even though it's a coinage that the Torah doesn't recognize. If Charlie was here, Charlie would be telling us that the Torah doesn't recognize any coinage. That coinage only began after the Torah. And the Torah is only talking about weights of silver. But okay. Um, these are actual also represent weights but that's you know right. this was a direct alright well, anyway so I gave you Kesef and you said no cues that even a fruta so the question is just going to be why do we say two Kesef why don't we just say yeah, one you can just say one okay so that's the, that's the way Rashi explains the question um, okay Hasam do me the Kalim no because it says Kesef o Kalim ma Kalim Shnayim af Kesef Shnayim and once we're going to say that we're going to say ma Kesef Dever Chashuv af Kalim Dever Chashuv which is a According to Rashi, a, t- a totally parenthetical point, which means it can't even be like trivial kalim. It can't be a kli that's worth like a like like a like a like a toothpick or something. It has to have some significant value. Rashi says the significant value is um, is that the kalim themselves have to be worth two kesef, two me'ah. Um, but Tosa says that like they just have to be worth a pruta. They can't be worth less than a pruta. Okay, you you, what? Uh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more than it's at least worth some value. It's worth than less, less than a pruta. You can have a cleave less than a pruta. How much do you think one toothpick costs? Yeah. One pruta. No, it costs less than a pruta. I'm promising you that. Yes. Um, I, I, sorry, I, I'm not understanding the Makhalim. Uh, Kalim is plural. Kalim is in plural. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, there you go. Okay. Now, the problem still is that here the Gemara seems okay with the idea all it had to do was double it. It seems okay with the idea that Kesef meant a me'ah. Where, although it just says Kesef, but if you look at the Gemara, right, the Gemara says, you know, it's clear that that means a me'ah. Whereas here we're assuming that Kesef got us to dinar. So it's still not exactly clear why, but we'll, but we'll get up to that. All right, so anyway... So the Gemara says like this: Varei Maser Tichsiv Vitzarta Kesef Biyadcha. You bind the money in your hand when you transfer Maser to to money to bring the money to Yerushalayim. Maser Sheni Vitznan, and we have a Mishnah: Poet Selami Mos Maser. If you are basically, um, you know, sort of uh, um, uh, changing money from Maser money, and the basic case in that Mishnah was, and it sort of discusses how you do it, but the basic case of the Mishnah was that you were using your 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 copper coins, your 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 prutas to exchange it for a larger silver coin, a sella, okay, which means that you redeemed your master on a pruta. How can you redeem your master on a pruta? It says kesef. And kesef has to mean the kesef tsuri, which starts with the silver coinage. Okay, so how could you do that? Okay, so, um, so it says, um, no, so the Gemara says there, Master um, Shani, Kesef Ha Kesef Riba. It says Vitzarta Ha Kesef. It could have just said Vitzarta Kesef. So the extra hey is telling you even a broader expanse, any type of coinage, even not sil- silver. It's funny because the hey you would think is a more limiting word, right? The Kesef. It has to be real silver. Anyway, so that's how we come to expand, and it's not limited to just silver coinage. Um, when you redeem something of, from Hektish, it says you give the money and it gets and it comes to you. And again, Kesef here we're going to say means Kesef Tsuri for silver coinage, which is, is right. And so Pruta wouldn't work. But if you redeem Hektish worth a thousand dollars on a Pruta, it works. So, because even though, you know, uh, you could understand this one of two ways, right? You could say, yes, it's a purchase, and how could you, how could it work? You cheated Hektish. So Rashi says, Eino na behektish. There's a special halacha that the ideas of overcharging don't apply to Hektish. So he's not saying it's mutter, but bidiyev that it works. The other
other way of understanding this is is that hectic you don't have to see it all as about being a purchase related right that if hectic is about the status that inheres within the object and you're transferring the status the question of value obviously it should be at the same value but it's not fundamentally an act of purchase it's fundamentally an act of being poden of transferring the, the status and therefore it works even if very disparate values he's not saying you're allowed to but he's saying it works bottom line though what's relevant for us is that he says that it works on a pruta even though the Torah says kesef right which should mean that at least we start at the me'ah so the Gemara says Hasam kesef kelef yalif mimaser no so since we already said from Meister Shani we can the ha kesef tells us even non-silver coinage the gzeir shava here kesef ha kesef because they're both kedusha type of ideas tells us even non-silver so we're still insisting that when the Torah talks about coinage it has to be silver coinage but now we're finding a lot of exceptions okay in one case it really wasn't an exception it was just doubling it and in other cases like hektish and Meister we're allowing even uh, pruta yes Question to me, just a glance at this. You know, when we learn the Shofarot, when we learn from Emtisra, right? Right. So, oh, this, we learn about what, uh, whatever it is, a shrine of a true, you know, from right. Emtisra, right? So, oh, we have to get the undercolor from her, too, right? Yeah. So, Abraham, he bought, he bought the field for 400. Check out the Shofarot, right? Why say the same thing here? Yeah, well. Taking, like, half the, the okay, it's true. I mean, yeah. Uh, what, what, what can I tell you? The, uh, there, it's a, it's a, it's a smachta. The 100 kolot are not, uh, you know, nobody says, whatever. That's clearly just a minhag, you know, so. Uh, um, you know, and the Iker number, I mean, there, I mean, your answer is right there. The Iker numbers learned from the Psukim themselves about the Tkiyotes, right? The, 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 the rest of that is just enough. Like, you see the Gemara asking kind of All right, I like, hear. Like I hear, fine. I don't know the answer. All right, so the Gemara says like this. Varei Kiddusha Isha, Dichsiv, Kiddusha Isha Ubiyala, and so now we're going to sort of we're both cha- trying to understand is this halacha really true that kesef means a particular thing okay but we're also remember we use this to explain the position of Beit Shammai so that's going to be relevant as well okay uh, so um, so here yet we're not dealing with Beit Shammai it's not Beit Pruta Pruta so according to Beit even though it's based on kesef it works with a pruta so name a Ravasi Damar to Beit Shammai is Ravasi's position uh, a Beit Shammai position? So it's very interesting. On the Yom Aleph, Rav Asi was quoted to explain Beit Shammai. But now the Gemara is essentially turning it around and saying, I don't get it. You mean to tell me Rav Asi's idea that every time it says Kesef in the Torah means silver is, is only works within Beit Shammai? Because Beit Hillel says, Kiddushay Isha's of Pruta. Right? So really? Rav Asi's only works for Beit Shammai? So the Gemara says, Ela i Marhachimna. Fine, forget it. We, miss a, we were explaining Rav Asi too broad. Ravasi did not mean to say that any time the Torah talks about money, it means uh, it means silver. Okay, and that's why Hekdesh works by Pruta and Kiddusha Isha works by Pruta. Money in the Torah is not limited to silver. So, okay, so then what was Ravasi saying? Here's what he was saying. Okay, Hachi Amar Avyud Amar Ravasi Kol Kesev Katsuv Ha'amar Betara Kesev Tzuri. When the Torah doesn't just talk generically about money, when it gives a precise amount. Right? If it just says you should redeem it on money, right? You know, so money means any money. I'm not telling you what money. You want to use a, a copper coin? Give them the eight. Use a pruta. But when you give anyone an amount, we have to know what coinage we're talking about. So when the Torah just talks about money generically, any money. But when the Torah talks about an amount, then we're talking about kesef tsuri, okay, which is silver and a particular high-valued currency. Okay? Kesef kotsuv. We're going to, we'll get back to that. So now, how is that telling us something new? Tanina, we've already taught it. The five stella of the child, right? The stella here is the shekel, the five shekel in the Torah for Pidyon Aben. Um, the thirty shekel for a slave who's gored, right? The and the fifty of the moar besulot for the cape of rape and seduction, and the hundred of the guy who who slanders his wife. All of them are the shekel hakodesh, the monetsuri, and the that is the shekel that we know of in the tsuri type of coinage. So Ravasi, the fact that every fixed amount in the Torah is kesef tsuri, it's in a mishnah. So this is no. His chiddush was the second part. For Sheldivrayim, Kesef Medina, Itzrichle. That was his chiddush. Delotnan. When we speak about rabbinic coinage, a rabbinic obligation, he wanted to tell us 
that you have to understand that that is a different coinage. That is Kesef Medina. The Tanya, we turn in the Brisa. If somebody like, you like a, you know, hits somebody in the ear, okay, it's particularly like in the ear. Note lo sella. He gives him a cellar. Now, a cellar, we would say, would be down here, right? If you, that, but that, Ravasi is telling us, no, 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 that's Kesef Tsuri. Anything that's in, that's a rabbinic obligation that's a fixed amount is talking, and it uses a, it uses a coin, a reference to a, to a type of a coinage. It's talking about Kesef Medina, which is only one eighth of the value. So what's going to be one eighth of the value of this? So one quarter of the value will be a dinar. Right, four dinars to whatever. So this is going to be a half of this, a half of a zuz, which is this istera. Okay? So there let's take a look. What? How come mana is not on the list? That's, is that not a coinage? A mana? A mana is a hundred zuz. So. Yeah, it's a hundred dinars. Yeah, a hundred dinars, yeah. Okay, so the Gemara says, Ditanya, Hatokeya lechavero, nosin lo sela. So, my cell arba zuze. Don't say a cell is here, which is four zuz. Okay, that's cella. Ella, my cella. What's a cella? Palga de zuze. It's an eighth of this. So, it's a half. So, this is, would be a quarter. It would be a half of a zuz. Okay. The avdini shetari la palga de zuze, istaria. And people call a half of a zuz an istaria. See, I had it up here already. Okay. In istaria, apparently, the reason it's referring to this na- name is somehow istaria is a similar word to the name of cell. I don't know. But that's what it's saying. It's saying the Sela, when we're talking about a Sela Medina, that's Istaria, okay? Which is a word for Sela, but it's a word for the local Sela, which is one-eighth, okay? So that's anyway, so that's what he's telling you. He's telling you that when there's coin, a specific amount, if it's in the Torah, it's the bigger coinage. If it's, in the, if it's a rabbinic obligation, then the words that we're using really refer to one-eighth of the value. Which, as I said, the big nafkanina is what is the two Hundred zuz of a ksuva. Okay, if you say ksuva's doraisa, it's two hundred of these zuz. But if you say ksuva's durabanan, we'll say the word zuz refers to a zuz of an eighth of the value. And actually, according to those that talking that a ksuva was a durabanan, they actually said that it was only twenty-five of these zuz. It was two hundred. That's an eighth, right? It was two hundred of of the of the cheaper zuz. Okay, so this is the question: If something is a biblical obligation, we're talking about these, you know, these values. If something is a rabbinic, you take something here and you divide it by eight. Okay? So it's a big nafkamina. Anyway, now what we've done, though, is is we've put aside this idea to explain Beit Shammai. Because we said that it, it says, it says, you know, it says kesef, but it says it generically in the Torah. So it doesn't explain why Beit Shammai, why a pruta wouldn't be enough. If it just says kesef generically, a pruta, right, should really be enough. Is it all? We have two minutes. Okay. So let's just read one more answer. Reb Shimon ben Lakish, so you're right, we can't use that to explain Beit Shammai anymore. So Reb Shimon ben Lakish, Omer, Amar, Tamayin de Beit Shammai kire Chizkiya, like Chizkiya. The Amar Chizkiya, Amar Kra, this is by the Amar Vriya, right? That the man sold his daughter as a slave and she could be redeemed. And of course, this is going to be a model selling your daughter as a slave and selling your daughter as a wife. So, so the fact that from Vasta we learn that the slave can buy back his or her own freedom. You know, you bought me for X amount. I've worked X number of years. We'll sort of, we'll prorate it and you could buy it back based on the amount that's left over. So how much was this girl bought for as a slave? If she was bought for a substantial amount, like a dinar, that's how you can discount it based on the amount that's been worked, because there was a whole dinar. So now, okay, you work half, so you have to only pay half, and you keep on cutting, you know, you know working your way down until whatever's left of that original purchase price, and that's what you pay. But if she was only bought for a pruta, right? So, mi pruta, mi megara. You can't go less than a pruta. So, since we see that when the girl is sold as a slave, the idea is that she could be, you could be reducing the amount, you see that she's being sold for more than a pruta. Now, of course, just because it's more than a pruta, there's a whole range of coinage between a pruta and a dinar. It doesn't explain how we're going to presume a dinar. Okay, but the argument is going to be, and we'll pick up with this tomorrow, that once she's being sold for more than a pruta, we're going to assume it's something significant, a dinar, and once we're going to assume that that's how the girl 
was sold as a slave, then we're going to assume that that's also the model for Kiddushin. Once again, this whole selling and slavery as the model for Kiddushin. Okay, so we'll pick up with that tomorrow.